This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hi, Bashi. Hi, Sufi. You know, Millie Bobby Brown, our guest today, we talk a lot about her love of animals, her love of pets. Yeah. And your beloved dog, Pickles, passed away last year at the age of 17. Is that correct? 18 and a half. 18 and a half. I should note that uh, Josh found Pickles just wandering around, correct? Yeah. Found him in the street. Found him in the street. Gave him a home. Was one of your, let's be honest, one of your best friends for 18 and a half years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Closer to Pickles than... Than a lot of my, a lot of my good friends, an irreplaceable dog. Needless to yeah. say, you have mm-hmm. another dog, Debbie. But some news, some breaking news. Yeah, new dog. It was uh, it was August fifteenth uh, of last year that I lost Pickles, and then August nineteenth of this year got a new dog, new rescue. Puts out a lot of Pickles vibes in a weird way. Pickles, I don't know. It happens with a lot of people and their dogs. Pickles and you looked alike, and I feel like Woody and you already sort of look alike yeah we do it's a real sign of your arrogance that you'll only get a dog that looks like you yeah well there's that sort of i don't know what it is a uh there's that sort of genetic thing that they say like babies look like the father otherwise the father would just like run off yeah and uh i feel like with woody we look so much alike yeah i got a call from the rescue saying you know, we need to know if you're going to keep him because he's still up on the website. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm keeping him. Like, what? You did kind of slow play it with us. Mom, dad, yeah. and I kept asking. And you said, we're going to decide. And I would see this dog sitting on your lap. And I knew. Maybe yeah. we knew before you that Woody was going to be full-time. Yeah. Like, the same way with Debbie when we brought Debbie in, who we also just found on the street. You get a lot of street dogs. We needed to know that the dog that was already in the house would accept uh, the new dog. It wasn't about you getting over the hump. It was about Debbie getting over the hump. Yeah. And yeah, he's done some stuff that's uh, frustrating. Like he has a puppy. He's He chewed up a pair of my glasses mm-hmm. that are uh, were instantly garbage after he chewed them up. He sort of flirts with the idea of eating poop mm-hmm. that I'm really, that I'm really not a, not a big fan of. But uh, yeah, we're going to work through this stuff. We're going to, we're going to take some, uh, some classes together. Acting classes. Yeah, acting classes. He really wants to do the classics. He wants to do the Greeks. Yeah, he wants to do Chekhov. And Frasier. And he wants to be the dog in a stage production of Frasier. Yeah. Hey, this is also something we want to both thank our listeners and then ask for another favor. We released our first listener episode two weeks ago. So much fun. It's so much fun. People have told us how much they like it. Our dad wrote, He said it was maybe his favorite one. He then did add the caveat that he just enjoys listening to his children talk more than he likes his children plus one famous person. But that was entirely predictable. Yes. Ultimately, it goes back to that thing Josh said about if you can see uh, yourself in your babies, you want (laughs) to listen to them do a podcast without people who don't look like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, it was so much fun. Your stories are great. And so uh, we're sending out the call again, this time fall season related. That's Halloween leaf peeping. If you have any Mm -hmm. leaf peeping disasters, you can throw that in there. We're capping it. You can go up to, but not past Thanksgiving. Right. You might start in your head when we say Thanksgiving, you might start hearing Christmas carols, but not yet. Too soon for that. Don't let the um, Christmas industrial complex lead you astray. 
That is not ha- that is not a fall holiday. Yeah, I mean, we'll get there, but we'll get there. Let's not rush it. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you know, feel free. You know, if you don't have one, you know, maybe at some point during this fall, you know, try to have a um, holiday that goes off the rails that you can share with us for next year's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fresher, the better. Take some solace in that. If you're yeah. like, oh, I wanted this to be great. However, it wasn't, but now maybe. Now I might be a, a family trip. You know what I realize we have to do? And maybe we can retroactively do it. I do feel like we should have some family trips merch for the people who actually get their stories on the podcast. I was thinking the same thing. I was listening to the listener episode today. I actually do like it. You know, I follow our podcast. Oh, and I thank of, you. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and initially I was like, I would listen to them at double speed because I was worried about our numbers. And I was like, I'm going to help the oh, cause. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. Yeah. But now I listen at like one and a half speed. But it's sort of just like there in the queue sometimes. And if I'm on a walk with the dogs, if I'm out with Woody and I finish whatever podcast I was listening to and we sort of happen to be the next one in, it'll just roll in. And I was listening to a listen episode. And I mean, the stories that were sent in were fantastic. And I, I just, I do like hearing from people. And I was thinking that, you know, the ones that make the cut, the ones that are on the show, yeah, I would love to be able to send something out to those people. I also think the thing that surprised me is the stories were great. They were so well told. And I just want, yeah. if, if you got a story on the episode, and if you want to get a story on the next episode, listen to how succinct and charismatically those people told their stories. So thank you uh, so much yeah. for doing that. And the place to go to let us hear those stories is speakpipe.com backslash family trips pod. That's speak, S-P-E-A-K, pipe, P-I-P-E. Put that, as Josh often says, put that in your pipe and speak it. <laughs> yeah, that's my new, that's my new go-to. You used to say that even before a speak pipe existed, and we always yeah. were wondering why you were saying it. I had some real language hiccups. Yeah. Yeah. And now, apologies to our dad, who's going to wonder who this British lady is that he didn't raise. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown <laughs> is going to be our guest today. Uh, she is a delight, but first, there's a different delight. He is neither British or female, but he is Jeff Tweedy. Enjoy. Millie, this is very exciting for us. Can I tell you why? Why? You are the first guest we've had on our podcast that neither of us has ever met before. What? That's very exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. Well, I'm honored. Yeah, you should be honored. You should be. There's yes. also this uncharted territory. We were, yeah, yeah, we were very excited when your name came across the wires as someone that we might be able to talk to on this podcast because I feel like Amazing. we've been tapping into friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who are like, yeah, we'll do it because we know you guys and why you're here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we are. We're honored. <laughs> we're very oh, honored. And awesome. we get to find out if they're, if we're the real deal now. If we can interview people we haven't met before. Now we get there to know. There you go. Your journalism <laughs> skills are put to the test. <laughs> first of all, we're very excited to be interviewing you as an author. You are a first-time author. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you thrilled having written your first book? 
Yes, I I really am. I think primarily because it's it's so important to my family and to my my heart and my home. It speaks so it speaks volumes for my family. So I'm I'm really excited, and this has been a really long time coming. I feel like I was told these stories from a really young age, and so for it to actually you know, for them to be told in quite a beautiful way. I'm, I've been really, really excited to have it all written down on paper. So this is a family-inspired story. This is a World War II is where this takes place. And these are based on stories your grandmother told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did she live nearby you? Did you have to travel to see her growing up? I had to travel to see her, yeah. So I was born in Spain, but we went back to England when I was four because my, my maternal grandfather passed away. And then my maternal grandmother was kind of lonely and I started to really bond with her. So I lived on the coast of England and she lived in Bethnal Green in the East End. So we lived about two hours away from each other. And how often would you see her? I would see her quite a lot. I would see her about once or twice every couple months. And then I spent the summers with her. Oh, that's great. Was she And she was on the coast? She was in East End. I, I lived on oh, the coast. Oh, East I End, lived- East End. Yes, the gotcha. East End. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she lived uh, She lived in Bethnal Green, which is where the story takes place. And she lived on an estate, which in uh, England is kind of a group of houses and flats um, on top of each other. And usually they're stacked kind of around each other. My mum grew up on the estate and then I kind of grew up on the estate. So I have a question, though, because you grow up on the coast and then you said you spent the summers... It seems like most people would do it the opposite direction. Right, They would spend I know. the summer on the coast. No, no, not me. As soon as I was off from school at any given moment, Easter, Christmas, you know, whatever it was, uh, I was with my nan. And was the draw your nan or was the draw being in London where more stuff was going on? No, my nan. I, I didn't. We didn't even go into London, really. I mean, she never left the house. She was borderline a recluse. <laughs> <laughs> She hated being cold, my nan. Like it was the and England was always so freezing, and so any time that it was cold or you know she had to walk long distances, she wouldn't want to. So I didn't really get to do much. I would mostly just sit in and do crosswords with her and eat dinner and you know sing for her. And so we would just hang out. We really just hung out. It was like COVID, but <laughs> but yeah. eight years ago. You were super ready for COVID. What I yes. I do want to point out that based on the fact that you wrote a book inspired by her stories, it paid off that she didn't want to do anything other than just hang out with you. Because it seems exactly. like she was just feeding you information. Constantly feeding me information. Um, she was so wise. It's bizarre because for that kind of era of person in the East End, they're very much like to the point and not really sentimental. Like, you know, in very many, in, in many ways, English people are very, you know, we're just very to the point and direct. And my nan was the complete opposite. She was entirely sentimental and very soft and sensitive. And for somebody who was very hardcore as well, and she grew up during World War II, she was also very, I mean, when it came to her grandchildren and, you know, she became totally mushy. Yeah, I was going to ask, was there ever a thought of her coming to Spain after her husband passed away? But I guess if she's so sentimental, she must have been sentimental for for England as well. Exactly. It was very much like live and die in the East End. Um, that was kind yeah. of her thing. Unfortunately, she didn't pass away in the East End and she actually went to a, a care home towards the end of her life because she had Alzheimer's. But 
she knew it like the back of her hand. Everyone knew her. Everyone looked out for her. And she was just born and bred. I mean, it was, it really showed how much a community cares for one another, despite the age difference or the cultural background. It was one community looking out for this kind of 80-year-old crazy woman. (laughs) Now, do you think she had great stories or do you think she was a great storyteller or do you think it was a combination of the both? She wasn't a good storyteller. (laughs) like your honesty Uh, she wasn't a good storyteller no she wasn't and she would agree with me because she lost her trail of thought a lot and she would go you know off on tangents whereas I'm quite good of a storyteller I'm able to circle back quite well whereas my nan would tell a story and then she'd be like and then he died and then and then (laughs) and then I fell in a ditch and then I made a cup of tea And I'm like, Nan, like, come on, give me some like, what is going on? So, you know, it was very much like he died. Wait, you can't just skim over that. How? And she's like, well, he just did. You know, it happens. And I'm like, no, we can't be doing that. So, um, yeah, she's not a very good story. But the stories, they had so much weight to them. And before she died, we called her because we were in Hawaii. I was filming a movie and I audio recorded all of her voice and her telling the stories. And, you know, Thank God we did it because the Alzheimer's got so bad in the end that she really, her stories became a bit more convoluted. She she wasn't making much more sense. But when we got to the, you know, I would be like, oh no, that one was true. That story's true because she told me that for when I was younger. So, you know, we were able to kind of gather up all this information and then put it into writing. I would imagine she would be very proud of the fact that you uh, used her stories as an inspiration for a book. Yeah, I mean, I think she would... She was very like, oh, why would you want to write about me? Like very much like what, what but about my stories? Like, no, they're not interesting because she was so nonchalant about the fact that she did these things. But to me, I'm like, no, Nan, like you had your first kiss on a bomb site. Like that is insane. And she would be like, well, it's just the way it was. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have liked it to be at a movie theater. Like she would just be like one of those people. I mean, like, it was perfect. Like she was just so happy with the simple things in life. And I think she would be very happy that that this story, she was very passionate about this story because the 19 Steps, which is in Bethnal Green, the memorial, there's actually the, the 19 Steps above the tube station now that have all of the names of the lives that were lost on the steps. Um, we visited very frequently. So this story meant a lot to her and her community and her family and her life. And it was something that she felt very passionate about. So I think specifically that story will will mean a lot to her coming to life and being able to shed a light on. I was not familiar with this story until Mm -hmm. I read about your book, but this is a tube station where there was an air raid siren uh, during the war and and there was sort of a a great loss of life due to a crush of people trying to Mm -hmm. run for shelter. Yeah. And I would imagine that is uh, very memorialized to this day. Were you aware of that your whole life? My whole life, yeah. It was a very big tragedy within the community, but not many people knew about it. It was the biggest mass loss of life, basically, not due to World War II in England at the time. So not due to bombing, Mm. shooting, whatever. Maybe it was actually just a horrible tragedy that had occurred due to the unfortunate neglect of the maintenance of the steps and the tube station, you know, that tube station saved a lot of lives. Everyone went down there nightly. Some people went down every night. Some people went down just when the air raid would go off. 
so you know my nan went down there anytime the siren would go off but she knew people that went down every night so this tube station saved a lot of people and you know when one pregnant woman at the bottom fell it created you know a huge crush and mostly children died and my grandmother's best friend's whole family passed away in the accident and it was a horrible thing that happened and it meant a lot to my grandmother for this story to be told because it was taboo within the community after it happened it was something that nobody really should have spoken of it became very much something that you know I don't think that England really wanted to come out about because you know obviously it's not something that they probably wanted to happen but and obviously lots of other things were happening within the world at that point but a lot of lives were lost and you know that tube station saved so many people So I do want to loop back on the fact that you lived on the coast, but you had vacation in East London. You Mm -hmm. also grew up in Spain, which is where a lot of English people go on vacation. But then would you take vacations back to England? You seem to always be moving in the opposite direction of people. I know. That's that's a common thread. Flights are cheaper (laughs) that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) They got to get the plane back to pick up more English people, so they just let you ride free. (laughs) No, I... uh... I guess we went, yeah, we went back to England quite a bit, but I felt like I was always on holiday in Spain. Um, right. It was really to go back to England to go see family and things. But other than that, we mostly we mostly just stayed in Spain. At the time you're living in Spain, I guess you have two older siblings because you have a younger sibling who's not around yet. No. So did you not take a lot of what we would consider sort of classic family beach vacations because you were already in Spain? Yeah, I mean, I remember going to the beach a lot. I remember things like that. But my sister was, gosh, she's 10 years older than me. So she was 10 when I was born. So she was kind of like over me by the time I was around. And then (laughs) my brother was seven when I was born. So we were really close, really close. So we kind of did everything together. And what kind of things do you remember doing like as as a young Spanish girl with your big older brother. Well, I was really outgoing and I still obviously am. I would kind of stand up in front of everyone and start singing and dancing and everyone had to pay me to get a ticket to my show <laughs> because obviously. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was running a I was running a very tight business. Um and <laughs> Um, my brother was, he's very shy and I think that's why we got along really well is because he is like very shy. I mean, to the point where like everything is awkward with him and with me, I love awkwardness. I thrive off of awkwardness. I love just like kind of screaming and shouting and that's like more my type of vibe. So together we were just this kind of hot mess of like, what are we going to do? And it was a lot of compromise. Like if you come and dance with me right now, I will come play GTA with you. Or, you mm. know, I would Grand come Theft in, Auto, you know, just for our yeah. listeners who don't know the GTA <laughs> yeah. is Grand Theft Auto, the video game. Yeah, um, that was yes. what we did. Um, so it was a lot yeah. of compromise. It was a lot of compromise. Did this happen uh, often to you? This is happening with my kids, whereas the older one will often make the middle one do things because he's a little shyer and he knows the middle one seems a little bit more in line with you. Has no shame, has no fear. And so if you give the kids money and say, you can have ice cream, but you have to go up to the counter and buy it. The older one immediately just takes the money and gives it to the middle one and says, go up to the counter and buy it. Like he doesn't want Mm -hmm. to be the one to actually talk to adults. But I imagine at a very young age, you had no problem talking to adults. No, I had no issue with talking really with anyone about anything. I was very much like, 
I was very unafraid, which is something my nan kind of motivated. And like, she was just like, she encouraged my kind of ferocity in a way. I don't know. It was something that I had in me since a very, very young age. I came out and the day I left the hospital, apparently I didn't stop crying. And it's been that way ever since. (laughs) I've just been somebody who's very, I wear my feelings on my sleeve and I feel very passionate about the things that I care about. And that's something that my nan's very much like. She's very stubborn and in her way. And that's kind of the way I am. Whereas, you know, my other family members, they're a bit more sensitive and, you know, thoughtful. I'm more like, this is the idea. Let's go for it. Let's try it. And if it doesn't work, whatever. Yeah. Thoughtful is a great follow-up to uh, sensitive because it could have gone sort of a wrong way where they might take offense, but I feel like thoughtful is very- No, really thoughtful. My brother is very thoughtful. He's very like- uh, very logical and and thoughtful. Whereas I'm more, here's an idea, let's try it out. And whereas my brother would have a plan as to what we're going to do, whereas I don't really need a plan. Like I can just kind of, I'll just kind of improvise. Do you ever have memories of your whole family getting loaded into one car to go anywhere? Were you a road trip yes. family at all? We were a road trip family to the point where it was like, stop road tripping, it's embarrassing. <laughs> We loved, I mean, we loved road tripping and we still do it to this day. The longest road trip. So when we moved, we moved to Orlando when I was eight. You keep moving to places other people go to vacation. I know because we did go to vacation there. We went to vacation there to go to Disney. And then finally we decided that we were just going to move there. So we moved there when my sister was born. She was like six weeks old. And my mom, we, we all moved to Orlando. So we got our visas and we moved to Orlando And when we got there, I started going to this acting school with dancing and modeling and whatever, because my dad wanted to get me out of the house on a Saturday because I was annoying him. So (laughs) I went to this acting school and just fell in love with it. I really was not good at modeling. I was like, I was snotty all over the clothes. They were like, please stop. I was like, you know, my nose was running and I was like, (laughs) like, just like this kind of beast of a human. And they were like, "Uh, she's not a model. And then I was singing and I was just like, jazz handsing and then the dancing is just horrible and so I was like "Mm, this acting thing is really the only thing that's going for me and I really loved it and I could do an American accent which I didn't really even know I could do but I with lots of practice from Disney Channel I started to get really quite good at it and then I went home to my dad and I said well the acting coach told me if I want to make it I've got to go to LA and he was like well then let's go to LA the week after we packed up the whole car and my siblings and my baby sister and my parents and my English Mastiff dog, we all got in the car and we drove to LA from Florida. And it took us about a week. My dad got stopped in Texas three times for speeding. And wow. it was a, just a whole road. It was a road trip. It was a crazy I mean, road trip. And to get stopped three times in Texas when you have a British accent and because not get Because it takes you jail. two days to get through Texas. It was insane. <laughs> it we were like, when does this ever end? Yeah. One of the fun things I feel like about road trips is when you're a kid, especially crossing a state line is exciting. There's yeah. like, it says like, welcome to, to Nebraska. You're thrilled. Yeah. And in Texas, yeah, yeah. it takes so long to get to that next one. Next one. Yeah. And we were just going through... Louisiana we went through I mean when we were in I think Amarillo is that what it's called yeah Yeah. and we would just sing this is the way to Amarillo I mean (laughs) we were like I don't know if you've seen that movie we're the Millers or you know but like that was it completely just like 
driving through this with music playing, board games, I spy on repeat. Were you the sort of family that would say, all right, since we're doing this drive, here are the important things we want to see on the way? Or was it more like, we're just going to make it? No, my dad was like, you've got three seconds to win. If you don't, we're going. And I was just like, <laughs> ah! Like, that's what my dad is like. He's like, you can buy one thing from the gas station. And I was like, you know, we've just quickly grab like Doritos or sunflower seeds and get out and Mountain Dew and get back in the car and we'd all go again. So the only place that we stopped was Las Vegas and we went to a hotel called Circus Circus. Yes, I've Mm -hmm. been to Circus Circus. Love Circus Circus. And we stayed there for about a week and I just lived in the arcade. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were big arcade rats back in our day. Yeah, yeah. I'm, something I about obsessed. it. What's your game? What's your game in an arcade? I get very frustrated if I don't win a game because uh-huh. whereas my brother and like my family can be very very patient, I don't. I don't have time for things that don't work. If you don't, if you don't give me like an immediate like dopamine rush, you're gone. And that yeah. really goes for anything. <laughs> um, so anyways, so I was like, the claw game, okay, you're annoying me. The only thing that I really like, and I'm just one of those people, I just like, I like to do the thing and it gets me like a hundred tokens. Like the big yeah. spinning thing. That's what yeah. I like. I like that. I'll do that over and over. I like thinking of you as a sassy young version of you at arcade being like, you and I are done. I'm not getting you enough and I, out of you. We've just broken up. It's over. <laughs> it's over between us. Did 100%. you hear Millie broke up with Donkey Kong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Millie and Donkey Kong hard. are over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Millie is over it. I was, yeah, I was very much like, if I wasn't winning the game, I was definitely just like sat on the bench, like talking to an old man that was sat there. Like, I was just like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, I was just very much, I like talking to people and I was always just somebody who like got myself into like, funny situations. I was always the one that found a friend everywhere. And mostly nobody wanted to be friends with me. Oh, interesting. I mean, I would have been very enamored by anyone with a British accent if they had shown up in my American school. Was that, did you not feel like anyone was drawn to the the new British girl? Yes. And everyone was at first until, for about a week, until I started bossing everyone around. And then everybody was like, right, well, she's annoying. We're not talking to her anymore. So... (laughs) So you have about a week before it wears off. <laughs> People would come up to me and be like, you're from England? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm from England. Ha ha ha. So cool. And then a week after people were like, don't go near her. She makes you dance. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, no, like there's a new Kesha song that's out. Like, let's learn a dance to it. And people would be like, no, like don't go near her. So I like found like a niche group of people that just like to dance and sing with me. But like, I was very much somebody who thrived being on my own as well. And I made friends with all the adults, like the school, like the teachers. Yeah. It almost seems like TikTok was a little bit too late for you, yeah. for a young Millie. Yeah. Yeah. Because for making people dance, like that would have been, you would have been in the pocket, it sounds like. We're almost lucky, to be honest. You could have been lost to TikTok. I think we're, yeah. we know you better because we I was better it. than TikTok. I was better. I don't have TikTok <laughs> even now because I'm like, I'm better than you. You don't want to see my moves. No, I also have no time to learn the dances. I have no patience. That's another problem. I like to make up my own ones and perform Mm. them. And they contain a lot of sad, you know, horrible, sad dance moves. But they make me happy. And that's all that matters. Now, my fiance, he has to say, like, I'll be like, I'm going to do a show. And then I just start, like, rocking out to, like, some, like, you know, year 3000 busted 
and he'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is just how I'm feeling in the moment. I actually did some contemporary kind of moves the other day to uh, Hamilton and he was just like, no. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. I this is I see my audience. Do you still do you charge your fiance when you do a show like you used to? No, as a young person. Okay, no, that's very sweet that you wave it. No, I've become smart. I've become I've waved it. You know, like if if <laughs> if we're talking about like a full on tour, you know, a full on tour show, I I would probably charge. But no, right now it's free. I mean, he catches me in the moment, in the moment, and 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 he gets it kind of. He kind of watches me and he looks scared most of the time. You guys have been together for a while. Have you traveled together? Yes, we've traveled. We've traveled to a lot of places. I think the furthest place we've ever traveled, though, was was Tokyo. Oh, wow. That's on my bucket list. Do you highly recommend? Highly recommend. It was beautiful. We traveled to three places in Japan and it was just like a wonderful experience. It was a place where you go and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm in a completely different place. You know, yeah. you really, you really don't know anything about anything. And then you learn so much when you're there, you know, about their culture and the kind of people they are. And it's such a wonderful place. We went to Osaka, we went to Kyoto and we went to Tokyo and we spent his 21st birthday in Kyoto. Wow. I figured out the um, subway system there just by using Google Maps on my yeah. phone because I, I stood by the ticket machine just watching thousands of people go through and just desperately trying to figure out what's my move here yeah. and pulling up sort of Google maps on your phone gave me all the information I need in terms of how much money, what color line I need to go on, where I need to get off. And you really feel like you've, I mean, I've never solved a Rubik's cube, but it felt like that to me. It was like that level of satisfaction. I really didn't expect that like when you're in Tokyo and you go to like a little town, like say you go to Shibuya or, you know, wherever you go you go to Shibuya and it's like New York like it's like just like it's like Times Square right you go there and then there's like five more of them like surround and you're just like haven't I already been here but no it's a whole new place a whole new theme a whole, and it's just like how is this like it just keeps going and going and um yeah it was it was a really spectacular place are you recognizable to people in Tokyo so in Tokyo or in Japan, really, I learned that the culture is that sometimes they become shy when they first see a famous person. Um, and so I really noticed that with my fans, that they were a little bit more shy and reserved. And then I was kind of, I was the one that was like, hey, like, hi, like, let's take a picture. And then they would really come out of their shell. And then the tourists there would really kind of primarily recognize me. It must be nice to have reserved fans. That seems it, lovely. It really is. It it really is because it's such a like just as a new experience. I mean, you know, and it's just yeah. like, you know, and and you know, uh, Orlando Bloom was at an event that I was at, and he came out, and everybody cheered for him. And when I came out, nobody cheered for me. And I I was like, why? Why is that? Like, just just I mean, it's just I mean, of course, Orlando Bloom is amazing, but like the difference. And they said it's because he has been there before. And they've met him before. Ah. And I had never been there. And they haven't yeah. seen me in the flesh before. And so they're still shy toward me. And I was like, what a beautiful, lovely little thing. It's like, I, haven't, I don't know you. And it's just like very real because it's like, I would be the same if I didn't know someone. I'd be like, uh, who are you? What's your story? Why are you like making me take a picture with you? It's kind of strange. But actually, 
I would be the same way is that I know this person. Okay. I'm familiar with them and I, I can, I can be myself. It's also a very nice trick to make sure you come back. If they only right. cheer for you the second and time. And now Very I'm like, smart. Gotta get, I got to get back there. I got to get a cheer. Be honest. Did Was there anyone that you thought wanted a picture with you because they were being shy and it turned out they didn't want a picture with you and didn't know who you were? Were you ever like, hey, we can get a picture? And they were confused. No, that didn't <laughs> okay, happen. It has right, happened good. to me before just in life. Yeah, Somebody sure. came up to me and I was like, they were like, can you take a picture? And I was like, oh, sure, yeah. And as I was like, went to take a selfie, they were like, of me and my husband. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, sorry. That's like literally want to crawl in a hole and die. That's like the most the most awful thing that ever happened. So yeah, so that sometimes happens. Or like I'll go out with friends of mine and then they'll say, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, well, I don't really know which one. Is it me or the friend or, you know, my fiance at this point? Like, I don't, I don't really know. I've had people come up to me and they think that I'm Seth. And then I say, no, I'm his brother. And then they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, you just thought I was him. How can you not buy that I'm his brother? And they're like, yeah. they are, are not buying it for a second. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I get really annoyed when people don't buy that. I'm, I, I, I just, I'm just like, well, I don't really know how else I can explain it. I can't really, I don't really want to show you my ID, but I really am the person you're saying I am. But now I'm going to deny it and confuse you. So I just have like this small game with these people and I start doing a Southern accent and it's just like a, a fun little thing that I do. But yeah, some people are like, no, you're definitely not Millie and you're not at the grocery store and you're not buying Cocoa Crisps. Like this is not happening. I've had this happen where someone says, I'm sorry, I recognize you and I don't know how. And then I tell them who I am and they say, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I don't think you are. <laughs> Based on how this went, I don't think you're a huge fan. <laughs> but- <laughs> I think you're someone who's seen my face before. I've also had people come up to me and be like, are you on my daughter's soccer team? Yeah. And I'm like, no. I believe that. But I, <laughs> I, I know that like I'm very, I clearly recognize me, but I'm definitely not. No, I'm definitely not on your daughter's soccer team. Your daughter's seen me probably on the TV, but that's it. I'm, I don't play but soccer. But do you help them um, out? Because there's that risk if somebody says, I, they think they know you in regular life. You're like, no, I can actually answer that question. I, I have a television show. And they're like, no. No, still not it. Yeah, definitely (laughs) not it. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Posh, these days too many people have to settle for the next best thing, especially when it comes to choosing a car. Yeah, but at Nissan, there's a vehicle type for everyone, for every driver who wants more. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Because Nissan is all about giving people a whole spectrum of thrills to choose from with the diverse lineup of vehicles. Sports cars to sedans to EVs, pickups, crossovers with Nissan's diverse lineup. Anyone can find something to help them reach their more. What are you looking for more of, Josh? I like a nice ride. I like a nice sound system. I like something that's, yeah, that's comfortable. You like to have room to load up a bunch of gear, go somewhere, do an adventure. I do. I'm never happier than when I have sort of a, a full car, a roof rack on my car. Makes me happy. And all I need is a cup holder for an iced coffee. And Nissan can provide you with both of those things. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Family Trips and for the reminder to find your more. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Support for today's episode comes from Marine Layer. It is official, Josh. I found the softest t-shirt mankind's ever made. Imagine the softest thing you've ever touched. Kittens, freshly fallen snow. A kitten who's freshly fallen in the snow. Now times that by a thousand. And that's how soft a Marine Layer t-shirt is. You know, sometimes I'm looking for a t-shirt and I got a big stack of them in my closet. 
And some of them are a little bit rough. And sometimes you just want to put on something that you know is going to be soft and comfortable and stylish. And uh, that's where Marine Layer comes in. I've sometimes been at your house needing to borrow a t-shirt and some of your old t-shirts were like sandpaper with sleeves. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you've got t-shirts like that, also Marine Layer has a respun program. Uh, if you've got a bunch of old tees collecting dust in the back of your closet, Marine Layer will send you a prepaid recycling kit and literally give you a $5 credit per shirt that you send back to them. And for a limited time, our listeners can get an exclusive 15% off discount with the code TRIPS15 at marinelayer.com. I think we can all admit the perfect tee can be hard to find. Look no further than Marine Layer. I will. I'll admit it. You'll admit it? Yeah. Well, look no further than Marine Layer. For a limited time, get 15% off with the code TRIPS15 at marinelayer.com. That's code TRIPS15 for 15% off your entire order at marinelayer.com. Saving your closet one shirt at a time. How much younger is your younger sibling? She is seven years younger than me. So you have a real big spread amongst the four of you. I know. So bizarre. From both the same parents, too. Yeah. People are like, from the same parents? I'm like, yeah, from the same parents. They were just real. I mean, just like bored. I don't understand. I was like, mom, you're 41. We don't need another baby. I sobbed myself to sleep that night. She was like, I'm pregnant. I was like, why are we smiling? This is the worst news ever. <laughs> but do you, even with that spread, uh, are all six of you, do you still holidays together, still do trips together? Yeah, we're very, very close. We're really, I mean, probably overly close. We're always in each other's business. We have no secrets in the family. Everybody's kind of life is each other's. I love, like, I'm obsessed with my parents. My parents are like my best friends. I made apple strudel last night. And my fiance no. was like, it's, a, it's 11 o'clock. Like, don't go over to their house. And I was like, I got to take it to them. It's going to bother me. So I like <laughs> went over and my dad was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I made apple strudel and I want you to try it. And so my parents just sat there on the couch watching 90 Day eating my apple strudel. And I was like, this is what life is. So I'm like best friends with them. Um, and then my older sister and I are really close. You know, we fought a lot as kids because she was older than me and I was a big personality and she was too. But now we've gotten older, we're like very, very close and we've kind of share so many things in common. And then my older brother and I are really close. And my little sister and I, because she, she is just so shy, my little, like my little sister is very, very, very shy and I'm really outgoing. So to her, I'm like this foreign planet. She's like, please get away from me. You're so embarrassing. And also like a little bit spontaneous, you know, like I'll be in a store and then I'll start like singing and she's like, oh, I can't deal with you. Like, get away from me. <laughs> she's like, you're not serving right now. I'm like, I'm not serving. What are you saying to me? So it's actually crazy that the generation, like it's it's not even a generation. And yet like she knows things that I don't know already. And I'm just like, what trends do you know that I don't know? And it, and, and it scares me because I'm like, I'm still 19. I'm, but that's how fast times are moving. They're like, she knows yeah, things that I don't. That's true. Do you have any examples of any of those new trends that you were yeah. unaware of that you're? Sh shock us. She comes up to me the other day and she goes to me, you slay. And I was like, what? And I like know what you slay means, but she does this and then this to me. And I was like, okay, what? Okay, so this she's is like, a V. Uh, we have a V finger that you then tip down like 90 degrees. Goes, is that what like we're talking this. about? And then she's like, yeah, you serve. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I like that. Can I do that? And she's like, no. She's like, you're not serving right now. And I'm like, can you please <laughs> stop pointing at me like that? I'm so scared. 
And uh, yeah, she really, yeah. So those are the things I, that she's Can I doing. just say, and I just, I hope this doesn't come out sounding bad. I'm so happy there's someone making you feel as old as you make us feel. Okay, 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 exactly. Well, I think, it, and by the way, I never thought it would happen until I got actually a little bit older. Like even in my 20s, like my older sister can be like, no, how do you know that? But like, seriously, when she's around her friends and Ava's talking with her friends, I'm like, what? are you all talking about? You're all like shouting and yelling at each other in strange voices. And I clearly know that you're saying memes, but like, I just don't know what they're, they're on about. It's funny because you, you do a thing that, I mean, most people don't have, right? A sibling 10 years younger. And I think that is speeding up your knowledge of how far behind the times you are. Because usually True. it takes until you have your own kids where you're like, oh no. If yeah. you didn't have a sibling who was 10 years younger, you probably wouldn't talk to anyone that was 10 years younger unless you worked with them on something. It's frowned upon to talk to a 10-year-old or not. Frowned you know, upon. You yeah, no, it's frowned no upon. Yeah, connection people are disgusted when you talk to anyone <laughs> under the age of 13. No, I... Um, I just think that the, like the youth is like, I love like talking to like my sister's friends. I just think they're so funny. And I'm, I've always been somebody who like loves just kids in my life. Like I love playing hide and seek and just hanging out. Like I'm definitely like the number one babysitter. I'm somebody who just likes to make chocolate chip cookies and paint nails and, you know, do, do all the things. Is she your next door neighbor as well then? Mm -hmm. Are your parents right yeah. now? Okay. Gotcha. Yes. So you see her a ton. Oh yeah, I see her a ton. And I have a lot of animals. Um, so she's kind of always over helping me out um with all my animals because she's a huge animal lover. How many animals do you have? This is gonna get long, so I'm gonna keep it short because because this has always becomes a huge topic of conversation. But I have right now, I have eight dogs of my own. <gasps> and then I have three cats, I have a okay. rabbit. I have a donkey and a pony. I have three goats, one sheep, two cows. Am I missing anyone? No, that's it. I just want to say thank you because I, I, a lot of people, when they say I have a lot of animals, it turns out they don't. No, I know. You have a, you have a, a shit, you have a shitload of people animals. People say to me like, oh, I can't get another dog. I have two. I'm like, let me just tell you, like, Coming through my house, you have to avoid poop like everywhere. It's like, oh, no, there's one. You've spotted one. You get $5. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you didn't grow up in a situation where you had uh, pets like this, did you? Maybe the having a mastiff maybe yeah. was like, well, I we have one huge animal. Yeah. yeah, It's true. It's true. I had one huge animal. And then I just like, when I turned 18, I looked at my parents and I was like, so I want to get a lot of animals. And if you're not going to let me have them in my tiny room, then I need to move out. And they were like, well, you can move out, but just like don't move fast. So then I moved next door. And then I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get a bunch of animals. And so I ended up having a bunch of animals. My fiance loves animals. So we just kind of like, we just run this farm together. But, you know, it's farm animals are a whole different kind of thing. I got a donkey primarily because I wanted him to protect my dogs because coyotes stay away from donkeys, yep. which is a thing. Mm. So I got this donkey and then they were like, well, the donkey needs a friend because he'll get depressed. And I'm like, oh my God, here's yeah, where they, they get do. me. They That's how they get you. My fiance is a horse person. You can't just have a donkey. Yeah. You can't just have a donkey. You can't just have a pony. You need, well, no, ponies like goats and then goats like sheep. And then, well, then my, then my fiance never asks for animals. And he's like, I love Scottish Highlands. And so we got two Scottish Highlands. So we just, yeah, we're huge animal people. We bottle fed most of them. So it's like very much like, you know, yeah. All right. Keeping in mind that your animals will never listen to this podcast. Yeah. Millie, who is your favorite animal? 
of all your animals? I'm going to have to go with my first animal because she helped me mentally when I had a lot of anxiety and I wasn't able to sleep. Like she was a huge part of my growing up. So I got her when I was 16. Her name is Winnie the Pooh. She's She's a miniature poodle. She's a she's miniature, a miniature poodle, poodle, but she's like, she is a small bear. Um, she has the character of a bear because she's just, she's just a lot. She's like me. How do you and- feel like Winnie the Pooh has felt about the addition of all the other pets? Does she feel a little usurped? Sometimes she acts out and I have to check her. She'll be like, she'll like run off and she's like, hey, and I'm like, no, don't test me. Like, I know what you're doing. Um, but most of the time she's really welcoming. Like she's really, she's good with puppies and she's good with kittens. And I have a lot of kittens right now. And, you know, I, I try my hardest to try and just like all of them integrate with each other. Nobody doesn't like each other. Um, which I think that is like, says a huge thing about our, our house is like, we're very peaceful and everybody's invited in. And so all of the animals have to get along. And we right now, because it's too hot right now in Georgia, my rabbit's inside. And so the rabbit and the cat are just kind of like slowly staring at each other. And I'm like, you guys can't (laughs) eat each other. So just like look at each other all you want. But it's not happening. Not today. I don't think the rabbit's going to threaten to eat the cat. Bellatrix is a little feisty, you guys. She kind Mm. of like she'll turn around to us sometimes. And I'm like, okay, calm down, Bellatrix. Like we're not we're not doing anything crazy today. So she's like, I give her a car and she calms down. <laughs> Bellatrix. You're really not going um, with the mainstream animal names. No, I can't do that. Like for me, the names have to be a little strange. So I have, I have Winnie the Pooh and they, I kind of went on theme with characters, but then it got a little out of hand when I went, got to the farm animals. So I have like Bellatrix and I have Winnie the Pooh and I have um, Barbie and I named her Bobby before the Bobby movie came out. So everybody, I take her out now and they're like, did you name that's her after the movie? And I'm like, yeah, Barbie was a thing before you guys. With that yeah. said, if you told me you had a donkey named Oppenheimer, I would not believe you if you said that was also <laughs> after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you at least knew it was coming out. Yeah. You knew they were shooting <laughs> yeah. it or. <laughs> yeah. You had, yeah, you had a tip. Um, and then what else? Um, and yeah, I have Cardi B. I have mm-hmm. Slick Rick and Biggie Smalls. And right. and then I kind of went a little weird with the sheep because his name's Norman. And he could be Norman Bates, but he, he and he gives Norman Bates vibes like you guys. Yeah. He's like Loki a murderer. He kind of looks at me sometimes <laughs> and I'm like, you're not a normal sheep. You often see his shadow from behind the shower curtain. And you're just happy to know it can't, can't fit a knife in his hoof. I raised him in my house. So he kind of looks at me now and he tries to get out of the fence and I see what he's doing because he's trying to get to the house because he like he slept in my bed every night for eight weeks. Wow. What is a lamb like as a sleeping companion? Oh, they're so cute. They're like he woke me up every four hours to be fed and I had to, you know, (laughs) bottle feed him. And how does a lamb wake you up? Is it just sort of like uh, just sort of in your face? (laughs) It was so intense. I I did say to my fiance, I was like, I'm not having kids anytime soon because I swear when I looked at him, I was like, I hate you. Like this is what you're doing to me. It's 3 a.m. I was like, this is not okay what you're doing to me. You just got fed. So I was like, I'm not ready. I don't have the patience for a baby because this bet is loud and it's in my face and he knows what he's doing and he knows he doesn't do it to my feel he does it to me because he knows that i'm doing it and i'll get up i mean i'm not trying to push in anything you might be more ready for a baby than anyone i've ever met (laughs) 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 if if you've dealt with a lamb 
<laughs> I know. And I had to put diapers on him too. And so apparently um, people saw me buying diapers and was like, Millie's pregnant. I was like, no, I'm buying them for my lamb, you guys. You dummies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you dummies. I buy them for my lamb. And then I was like, and then I was, when he reached about eight weeks, he was in grandma diapers. I yeah. had to go to the yeah. adult section and I'd yeah. never bought them before. So people must have been really confused at that point. That's a weird case where if they somebody called your publicist and said, is Millie pregnant? It might be yeah. just easier to say yes than explain that you have a then lamb. Then explain the story. No, no, no. She has a lamb sleeping with her. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> there, she has a lamb and his name is Norman and he looks like a cow because he's black and white and spotted. And he is in a stroller that she pushes around and takes him to dinners. And it's it's a little scary. I mean, I guess you were lucky enough that like the biggest bulk of your work, you'd be in one place for a long time. You didn't have to like fly back and forth as much. It sounds like. But did you ever fly with a dog in a, in a dog carrier on a flight? Or have they all been in sort of one place? I, I don't like to fly with them because they're... You have too many. Big, First of all, you have too many. Well, I have too many. I mean, the farm animals, obviously not. <laughs> but the only one that kind of goes everywhere with me is the poodle. She kind of yeah. goes everywhere with me. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. With the busy fall season already in swing, you may be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for gym-packed days. Factor... America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've tried some meal delivery services, and a lot of them are like, we're going to send you a bunch of ingredients, and you can prepare them. And it still can take me like a half an hour to put those meals together. But with Factor, it's just two minutes. You can throw them in the microwave, and if for whatever reason you don't like the microwave, then put them in your conventional oven and they'll just take a little bit longer. But all the prep, all the thinking has been done for you. Factor is just giving you delicious, pretty much ready to eat meals once you heat them up. And look, in the summer, we have time to make dinner for our whole families, but then uh, fall hits, uh, school, job, works. Uh, I just had a jalapeno cheddar and lime chicken. Josh, I think you know, that's ticking a lot of boxes for me. That is. I'll say also, as a vegan, they got vegan options. If you're not as hardcore as I am, they got vegetarian options. You don't have to heat up all these meals. They've got some lunch to go things, you know, like grain bowls, salad toppers that are ready to eat. They got calorie conscious options. They've got protein heavy options. If you're looking to get that protein and meet your wellness goals, feel the best you can to tackle this autumn. So head to factormeals.com slash trips50 and use code trips50 to get 50% off. That's code trips50 at factormeals.com slash trips50 to get 50% off. And then back to sort of family trips, do you ever go away still like with all your siblings and your parents? Like where might you go to? Where where are some classic family vacations you've taken or we love a good orlando trip still i mean we still do like yeah we get the in the rv and we drive to orlando from georgia which isn't as long it's like seven eight hours and then this is a rv the family owns or do you rent yeah we own we own one now because it, it became very very uh frequent and so my fiance had never been in an rv and three weeks after we met i said to him well you kind of got to meet my parents, but the problem is, is that we're going, we're going to Orlando in an RV, so you're gonna have to like figure it out. And he was like, "Oh, actually, we were going to a beach house in in Florida still," and I was like, "But we're going to an RV." And he was like, "I've never been in an RV," and I was like, "Well, like it's a different experience because when we go in an RV, like things are thrown, and you know, it's it's an exciting time. There's lots of music and lots of yelling and screaming and playing games, and 
my sister eating a whole packet of Oreos. And so, you know, it's like a whole thing. And he was like, I'm scared. And I was like, you should be. And he got in the car and it was like eight hours of him meeting my family. And it went really well. And I think it actually was like probably a good way to meet them because this is like, that's them and their element. But um, I was like, if you can survive this, you can survive the family. And he did. I'm very excited this RV came up. I have a ton of questions about the RV. First of all, is your dad the only one who drives it? Yes. Okay. And is that his rules or no one else is interested? His rules. Okay. We're all bad drivers. Was he the one who knew exactly what he wanted in the RV or did all of you sort of pitch in with opinions of what the RV should have? He was the one that did it. And then I was just like, we need a big TV and we need like a bed and things like that. But he kind of, he was the one that was like, he, he knew what he was doing. Because we've done, we've rented so many. Yeah. Yeah. For people who are thinking about it, what's the maximum amount of people you think should be in an RV at one time? It depends. I mean, R1 could fit comfortably eight people. Yeah. But yeah, for a small one, we've done ones that like are small and, you know, could fit maybe four or five people. But then we had my godfather, Matthew Modine. We took Uh him on a road trip and Mm -hmm. he came in the RV and we had our dogs with us. We had these calming bites that had like hemp oil for the dogs. Well, he thought that they were treats for humans (laughs) and he took one. And he got, uh, he slept for the whole duration of the rest of the trip and had the worst headache because there was catnip in it. And he was like, what did I eat? And we were like, dude, you ate a dog biscuit. And so he ate a calming bite and he started peeing on everything and barking at us. And it was, it was a weird trip. (laughs) All right. I have a quick question. And let me just say this. There's no bigger fan of Matthew Modine than I, but let's be honest. Did it actually look like it should be something a human would eat? No. Or did he? Honestly, yeah, okay. he's the most, he's the clumsiest person. Like he, <laughs> he's so clumsy. Like anytime that we do anything, something just, he like, he'll either fall over. He's just too big. He's a very big, tall yes, he is. man. And you're just like, no. And he's just very clumsy and he's very, uh, he's just the best kind of person. But still I was like, Matthew, it literally says dog calming bites. And he's like, you know, I had no idea and I'm like go take a nap he's like why do I have a headache can you google why I have a headache I was like because there's catnip in it yeah he also has quite flopsy hair that I imagine for a clumsy person just sort of accentuates any any trip or yeah he told me a very embarrassing thing on camera because we live in the same neighborhood in New York. And when I had him as a guest on my show, he said that he is often wanted, because we'd never met before. He goes, I've actually seen you and I've often wanted to say hello, but every time I see you, you're talking to yourself. Because I do. <laughs> a knock on me, Millie, is that uh, my wife will, will often tell people is that I, I am constantly talking to myself. And That's so true. very sweetly, true. Matthew Modine never wanted to did interrupt. Did you always do that? I think I always did it. I think yeah. I did it more... When I started having the stress and anxiety of a of a career, but I think I've always been well. Josh, you've known me forever. Do you think I always talk to myself? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to give it a reason, and it turns out it's always been this way. Yeah. My my dad talks to himself, and I'll see him. And you know who else talks to himself? My my fiance. The other day, we were sat on the couch, and he. It looks like he's almost having an argument with someone, and then I like looked at him more intently, and he just goes. And I go, 
Jake, are you okay? And he goes, first of all, did you see that? And I was like, yes. And he was like, second of all, I was having an argument in case somebody said that Anakin Skywalker wasn't the best character in Star Wars. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, you that never is know. what you're fighting you over? You got to be like, prepared. Yes. You never know when that argument might start. And you want to have your points laid out. I think that argument is going to start with most Star Wars fans. I think if you were like, Anakin Star Wars is the best character in all the Star Wars, I think that someone would say, actually, you're you're wrong. But it's good that Jake's prepared. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, just makes me so mad. And I was like, okay, are you okay? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, I'll talk to you in a bit. And I like left him alone because he felt so passionate about the fact that he he needed to have this argument. And I was, I was supportive of it. It was very, very important to him. And so, you know, and this is in the stages of us watching all of them. He was introducing me to all of them because I promised him before we get married, I'll watch all of the Star Wars intently. And so his favorite one is Revenge of the Sith. And so, you know, for that one, I really had to sit there and watch. And he watches me watch, which makes me feel uncomfortable Ooh, um, yeah. because he yeah, just is tough. like, did you, did you see that? Did you see, do you understand that? And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. He's like, I don't feel like you did. So basically the Death Star is, and I'm like, okay, I get it. I really get it. You've told me this a bunch of times. We have. Yeah. The yeah. Death Star could not be named better for what it is. Not a it lot really- of, not a lot of subtext <laughs> on the Death Star. <laughs> um, tell Jake for me Han Solo. Yeah, just tell Han Solo. Han Solo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And really? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, those would be my two answers to Jake. But I don't want to. I don't want to sp- uh, spin Jake off. My favorites are Princess Leia and uh, Padme. Okay, All right. and the go. two women. And I just, but honestly though, like they're just so badass. Like the whole film, I was just like, I just want a whole movie about them because they're so cool. There you go. I was watching it. I was just like, wow, like. All of the people that are in it and just like randomly like Kira Knightley's in it. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. When you've gone back to um, Orlando, have you gone back to uh, Disney World as an adult? Yeah, I'm a huge Disney adult. How many times have you gone, do you think, in your life? More than 20. More than 20. Mm. We had like season tickets. It was like a weekend yeah. thing for us when we yeah, lived well, there. You're, and so- you're an Orlando girl. When yeah, you go I'm now, not- do you know exactly how to do Disney World? How to go through it, what what restaurant to eat at, you know, what rides are good, what rides are like not worth the wait. Gotcha. What else? We're very, yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Jake didn't really, he wasn't like as kind of into it as I am, but I am like, I, the parade, I have to get the best seat. I've had arguments with people over getting a good spot at the parade. When we were in Tokyo, I said to Jake, oh, we are going to Disneyland Tokyo. He was like, why? And I was like, because I, I need to know what it's like there. So I'm very yeah. passionate, but my favorite is Disney World. My favorite ride at Disney World may be probably Peter Pan. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love Peter Pan. And then Universal. I love Universal. And my favorite thing at Universal is going to visit Shrek and Donkey right. and getting a picture with them. They knew they were like, we can't just do Donkey. We've got to have Shrek or else Donkey gets upset. Can, yeah, he needs a I know. Friend. And don't, I actually only go there for Donkey, but I have to give Shrek a picture. <laughs> yeah, I've right. actually had Disney characters recognize me and then run backstage, take off all of their things, and run back out and take uh-huh. a picture with me. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you didn't ruin all these children in line, their dreams, because 
you were just Buzz Lightyear. It would have been amazing if you had the capacity to take off your head as if it turned out that you weren't actually. <laughs> you <Millie>. weren't actually. <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah. I hope that none of those people ever ran back to put the costume on and their supervisor was there saying, you can just keep your street clothes on and go home because you can't abandon Goofy in the middle of a day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We uh, cannot thank you enough uh, for your time. Thank but before you. we let you go, my brother has some questions to ask you that we ask all our guests, and then I'm going to ask okay. you. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, you can only pick one. Is your ideal vacation, are you relaxing? Is it adventurous, or is it educational? Adventurous. All right, okay. very good. Your preferred means of transportation, is it train, plane, automobile, boat, bicycle, foot, uh, I don't like flying that much. So probably a car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think you got that RV life. That makes sense. You figure yeah. it out. You've cracked the code. Yeah. Um, if you could take a vacation with any family other than your own family, which family would it be? This could be fictional. They could have existed in history. Um, but a family other than your family. The Croods. The, the Croods. <laughs> <laughs> I am so confident we're never going to get that answer again. <laughs> It was not, it was the crude said with the sort of confidence that it's the only answer. It's the only answer. You were nodding <laughs> very early on in that question. I feel like I was giving you all the caveats and you didn't need any of them. Um, the crude. <laughs> lovely. Great. And then if you had to be stranded on a desert island with one member of your family, who would it be? My dad. All right. He would, he would keep us alive. Very sweet. And then I feel like you're from kind of a bunch of places. Where do you say you're? Where do you say you're from? I say I'm from England. Okay, from whereabouts? Yeah. From what's the town again? I'm sorry. Uh, I just kind of say London, but okay. I am from Bournemouth, which is the town that I actually lived in. Would you recommend Bournemouth as a vacation destination? Uh, yes, yeah, some <laughs> spots of it. <laughs> some spots of it, yes. Um, it's actually a, it's a quite a big like um, holiday spot for, for. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, UK. yeah. People are That's doing sort it. of people southern coast it. of England. Yeah, and I yep. feel like a lot yep. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Seth has the last question here. Do you think it's rude to make people watch you dance? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not the question. It just feels. I was like going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no. Your answer would be no. It's to that. an honor. Yeah, <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> Uh, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? I drove through it. Okay. On the way when to LA? I had to go to LA, yeah. Wow. Did you stop? No, I didn't stop. I would love to, though. Um, my, we, it, there's talks that we probably might do it, but my parents on their honeymoon did a helicopter and picnic on the Grand Canyon, so uh, they loved it. But my mom vomited the whole way back. But <laughs> This, by the way, but, that is every story about the Grand Canyon is people go, really? I love it. You got to go puke the whole time. I just, yeah. so here's the thing. Josh wants to go. I don't. You have not helped break the tie at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I right. want to do it because it's beautiful, but my mom vomited the whole time. And if she's vomiting, I know I am. But she yeah. vomited on a helicopter. You wouldn't have to go via helicopter. No, no. But I think it was a mixture of the heat and mm -hmm. the helicopter. And then, you know, just the fact that like, it, you're on a mountain and the and just like the whole thing. Process, I think you're processing seems, that you're you're married to someone. You know, you're married that, to someone. Do you anyways. love him? Is he yeah, the father you're, you, of your children? You probably know you're gonna have yeah you're gonna have one kid every ten years for the rest of your life. Every like literally you, every thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> but if you went to the Grand Canyon, you could like you could ride a donkey. 
down no, there. No, I would love that. I really would love that. I yeah, really see? would. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Seems like your team canyon. <laughs> Thank I you am. so much. We'll take her. We'll take her. Congratulations on the book. It was just absolutely lovely meeting you. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Bye. 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 When she got Norman, he was just a baby, or just a little lamb. She bottle fed him, and he slept in the bed. Millie, she don't give a damn. She's got eight doggos, and also a rabbit. A donkey and a pony, three goats and three cats, but baby Norman, had his run of the place He'd wake her up With a bar right to the face Never ending, sweeping, difficult housekeeping She's unique upon her block Cause when you've got a sheep in bed When you are sleeping You don't need an alarm clock The sheep was in the bed And now he's with the cow. The sheep was in the bed but he was raised inside the house He'd sleep right in the bed Life in the barn he can't abide The sheep was in the bed And what he wants is to come back inside <laughs>